Hey everyone, it's Michael. Thanks for tuning in. I know you could be listening to anything right now and you're listening to Elevate Retake. The mission of this podcast is to bring you to a closer relationship with God and we want the conversation to continue even after you listen to this podcast. Taylor is out this week, so I invited Emily Weaver. My name is Emily Weaver. I am first and foremost, I guess, a student at Southwestern, history major, uh, technically junior. I also work at the Keene Church as media director, and I am also part of the Elevate team, kind of doing social media and media stuff. But yeah, that's about me. And Kyle Barrow. All right, my name is Kyle Barrow. I'm a sophomore here at Southwestern Adventist University. I am majoring in theology and minoring in psychology, um, and I'm originally from Maryland, uh, born and raised there. Emily and Kyle are no strangers uh, to this podcast. Emily works behind the scenes in a lot of our live worship gatherings and uh, does a lot of our social media on our Instagram page. And also, Kyle's been featured on this podcast. He preached a message called Pursue Christ, which you can find in your podcast feed from Elevate Retake. We're taking a look at the message to know or not to know. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back in your feed and check that out. We're diving deeper into Hosea chapter 4 through six. And to begin our conversation, as always, I asked Emily and Kyle what stood out to them. Well, I thought this message was spot on, especially with some personal stuff that I've been going through and challenges that I've been trying to do to my and challenge myself with. Um, I think the whole point of we need to know God and then we need to take that knowledge and the love that we learn about from him and share that with others. I think that that was something that was like right spot on that I've been challenging myself to do. So I, I loved it. It was great. This sermon th- this past Sabbath, like, hit, it It just hit different. Like, I really enjoyed it because mm-hmm. I don't think us as Christians understand, like, how much uh, we need to show God's love to other people. And I love the story of Hosea. And it shows how, despite how we may act or how people may act around us, how we still got to show them love. Mm-hmm. You know, we can know all we want about the Adventist church. We can know all we want about Ellen White and a whole bunch of different things. But if we don't show love, it's all for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was like the main thing I got out of it. And I feel like that's the main message we need to preach to others to show his love. Because I'm not going to listen to anyone unless mm-hmm. they show me like, wow, like there's love in this, you know. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, there's all kinds of ideas and things floating around in the world. And where do, where do people have a, have, find a place to belong, a place that they're loved, right? And particularly given the political divide that we're seeing in our country and a lot of other things, I think often if we were quicker to speak in love and show people who God is through our actions, um, we would often find a better representation of God. And I think people would be more interested in uh, getting to know him a little bit more. Absolutely. I think like I think love is kind of like the best way to get your foot in the door, so to speak, of like it's really hard. I mean, for someone like myself, like I can't just go up to someone like in an elevator and be like, hey, do you know Jesus and all this stuff? <laughs> but I can be nice to I mean, them. You could. I mean, I could. <laughs> but, you know, I w- it's easier for me to start off and show them kindness and show them love of accepting who they are. And that's the way that I take the approach of this is how. Jesus loves is he accepts you and if I can show that in any sort of way I feel like that's a lot easier to reach people and to show them God's love mm-hmm. she had a very good point we have to show when we first show his love 
then everything else trickles down from there mm-hmm. where someone like when we start to show God's love to someone and we're not sitting here telling them, hey, you know, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but when we first show them, hey, God loves you, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I love you and accept you as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, we see, wow, like, I don't want to stay how I am. I want to change and get better every day, you know. But that, like she said, that doesn't start unless we love first and we show that God's love is accepting of everyone. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that picture of, of what love does. I think for me, as I've been wrestling with the book of Hosea, has rung true that often we talk about who God is and we, we use words to describe that instead of looking at the actions of God and then deriving who he is from that. Um, and in that same vein, I think the world is tired of perhaps the Christian voice saying, this is who God is, this is who God is, this is who God is. Uh, and they'd be more apt to accept a physical reflection of God in, in our actions. So one of the things that I really liked um, and that I guess I didn't make the connection myself until I heard you talk about it was, um, I don't know where it is, but when he talks, when God condemns the priests Mm -hmm. and you made the connection of, he's talking about the priests here, but then you read a couple other verses and connected it and said that, you know, we, the church are the priests Mm -hmm. and that kind of, I started kind of thinking about that a little more, and it talks um, in verse 7, the more priests there were, the more they sinned against me. They feed on the sins of my people, and they relish in their wickedness. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, like, this message and these verses are really striking to, they're just strikingly similar to issues that we're going through today with division, and people don't really know God, and, you know, we're fighting, and killing in some cases and mm-hmm. when he talks about the priests i kind of caught on this verse of you know they feed on the sins of my people and they relish their wickedness mm. and when i started thinking about it i was like do we we kind of act the same way sometimes where we often are okay with the sins of other people because it helps us elevate ourselves if that makes sense of mm. oh i know how you're sinning so I, I know this about you. Well, I know that I'm doing better than that. And that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. And it kind of ties into that whole, well, we are a body. We have to lift each other up. And it was just, I don't know. It was very yeah. striking for me of, you know, once you made that connection of we are the priests, I started thinking about it more and that kind of popped to mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I love it when the Bible comes alive, but it's kind of scary when it comes alive in my own life, when I see myself in the pages. And I think it rings true that we are the body of Christ. We're the priesthood of all believers, that we can have a personal relationship with God and point other people towards him. So the question I have in my mind is, how are we approaching that? The saying goes, we are what we eat, right? So are we what we preach? Right. And of course, you know, the verse in Matthew uh, 7 pops to mind of, you know, you think you're calling out this little speck in your neighbor's eye, but mm-hmm. you have this giant beam sticking out of yours. So you may think that you're sitting pretty, but you could be going through the same thing. Right. Slippery slope. Yeah. Hmm. I think something else that stood out to me was that God showed in this story how we can never be so far gone that he doesn't love us. And that's mm. like a lot. I think that's a problem with like a lot of us today where we feel like we're too far gone uh, for God to save us. You know, we're too far gone for me to come back to God. 
but with the story of Hosea, it showed that you know he's he's married to a prostitute who's who left him and he's doing all these other things in the world, and God's telling Hosea, I need you to still love her and still mm-hmm. accept her. So it's showing it goes to show us, hey, I don't care what you do, mm-hmm. I'm still I still want you. I'm still here. You yeah. know, just like you say, there's there's always room for one more. <laughs> we're, still, we're still here, and that and that's what I yeah. really like. It it really helps us see, man, God. He loves me and he wants me. Like, imagine that kind of love where no mm-hmm. matter how many times you mess up or how far you go, God's still right there behind you. Like, hey, all you got to do is turn around. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I really love that message in this uh, in this story as well. Yeah. I think of God in some ways in this, in the book of Hosea, kind of like a uh, an older sibling <laughs> who can, if you're the younger sibling, that older sibling can say so many things about you and be like, you're this, you're that, you're that, like point out everything about you. But as soon as somebody else says something about you, that sibling is has got your back and, and is loyal to you and mm. all those things. And in a lot of ways, God acts as that in as an older older sibling and and really as a husband in the, in this case. But that idea that He's able to call Israel out so much mm-hmm. because He loves them so much. And we, I feel like that's like constructive criticism right there. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, and I feel like too many times we don't know how to take constructive criticism. Like, including myself. Ooh. Like, we don't want to, like, we don't want to hear what someone has to tell us uh, when we're doing something wrong. We're like, no, nah, I don't really want to hear that. I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know? When, if I love you, I want you to do better. And I'm going to call you out and be like, hey, you're going down the wrong path. And if you don't love me, you're just going to sit there and watch me go down that path because you're like, oh, I don't really care for him. So we should take it as, like, uh, an act of love when God's mm-hmm. sister and criticizes us, us or even those close to us. We're like, hey, you're starting to go down, like you said, the slippery slope. Let's get back right here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all I feel like comes into constructive criticism and something that it, God doesn't love, and we should take that as a as a blessing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Is there anything that challenged you guys, or something that was like hard to to understand, or that you maybe didn't agree with? I think I actually had a question. Um, I wish I. I wish I could think of it word for word, but I wrote it down. I forgot where, but I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the sermon again, okay. and you had mentioned how, um, I think you were talking about with the priest, mm-hmm. and how it was about sacrificing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's better to show love than to sacrifice. I, think I want you to show love, not offer sacrifice. I want you to know me more than I want burnt. Do you think that people then can say, because I've heard someone come to me and say, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't sacrifice doing this. I don't sacrifice like uh, this addiction or whatever, because like God said, it's important to love him more than sacrifice. So like Mm. I can just love him. I don't really got to give this up because God doesn't really care about what I sacrifice. So like, how do you answer that question? (laughs) I'm not saying I agree, but like, how do you answer that question? (laughs) That is that is a good question, Emily. What do you think? Uh, that's uh, that's something I've kind of wrestled with myself of, like, as kind of a justification of our sins of like, oh, God will still accept me regardless of what I do, or I mean, as long as I love Him and I know Him. I mean, I think I I agree that to know Him and to love Him and to show that love to others is important, but I mm-hmm. think God has laid out 
guidelines and stuff for us in his word. And I think that if we love him and we want to know him, we'll try and act like him and follow him and follow his word because it's it's what he's directed to us and he gives it to us for our best interest you know the the stuff that he puts in here is is to help us in our lives and in our interactions with others and i think it's important that we once we know god we understand that we want to follow him and do what he says essentially yeah yeah i'd agree with that and i think to to reference the the illustration you gave kyle um can you if god is asking you to give something up can you really love him and not give it up? Right. You know, and I the there, I was reading, I can't remember where now, but it was in a, a, a commentary on Hosea. The author was saying that this text is not a treatise or a critique on the implementation of the sacrificial system that God set up for Israel. That was something that was real and necessary and symbolic of what Jesus was come to do. But what God was trying to say through Hosea here is that the people had lost the intent of what the sacrifices were supposed to point them towards. Mm. And so they're they're making sacrifices to God, but also to idols. And they've kind of had lost their way there. And God's saying, hold on, the whole sacrificial system was set up so that you could be loyal to me and so that you could show love. Mm. And when you show love and when you uh, know me, you'll know the true intent of, of these sacrifices. Mm. And so I think the, the children of Israel had lost their way in that perhaps they had started to look at the sacrifices themselves as God. That makes a lot of sense. And I think to piggyback off of that, uh, I think Emily said it too, when you love God, uh, you're going to want to make certain sacrifices for him. You know, you're going to want to give up some of your time to spend with him. Uh, if you love him, you're going to want to... Uh, uh, sacrifice addictions that you have well get rid of the addictions that you have um but that all comes from loving him Mm -hmm. you know and when we experience that love we're able to love him more and i think that a lot of times we get confused when we we hear the saying uh, come as you are which is good come as you are but god never wants us to stay as we are and i think that's the main thing that we don't want to realize uh, I want to come to God with my burdens. You know, mm-hmm. you want to come to God with the, the everything that's that, that's weighing you down, but he wants you to leave it at the cross and come leave better, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I don't think we emphasize that enough, but um, I think that's the main thing we got to focus on. We can't just leave it as, oh, come as you are. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Yeah. You're getting better. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have a real, and I say we in kind of the general, like Christianity or modern evangelicalism has a, a challenge with God's love versus God's justice, mm. right? So mm. you look at the Christian faith and there's the more um, conservative side, whatever conservative is, that leans more on the justice, that the, like, the righteousness, you've got to have, you got to be in right relationship with God. And then the other side leans towards like what you're referencing, the grace, like, oh yeah, come as you are, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both sides are incomplete. Uh, because when we when we have a true encounter with who God is, we can't leave unchanged. And that change is either in a direction towards God or a direction away from God. Mm. Uh, and that becomes a challenge for us as we navigate it because we sometimes try to be the arbiter of the change that God is expecting in somebody else. Yeah, it's a challenge. I th- could not come up with enough. <laughs> have you ever given something up for God? I mean, like, really sacrificed. 
I came for me when I was in college and came to the realization that my hopes and dreams and plans that I thought that I had my life figured out, that's not the path that God wanted me to take. And through talking to mentors and the study of scripture, God opened before me the path I was to take. And today, I'm so glad that I did. Going through it, it was tough. But when I laid down my own selfish desires and the ideas that I had for what my life was going to be, I came to a better understanding of what God was calling me to live. And when I did that, I never looked back and I never regretted it because I always found myself in the middle where God wanted me to be. We're never fully going to understand like everything there is to know. You know, there was Solomon was a wise man in the Bible and he still had things he probably didn't know and still had to figure out as well. You yeah. know, there's some things he's just going to lift um, uh, that we're always going to find seeking. You know, we're going to have to find the answer, um, but we may not find it. But that's when we trust God and let him uh, guide us into where we should be and what we should do. Um, and it's I remember talking to a friend about this earlier this week. But even saying that, like trusting God, despite not knowing the answers, we can say that it sounds good. But like what steps are we taking to show that we trust, mm -hmm. you know, because we say it a lot. And I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we say, oh, I want to trust God. Like I trust God in my to 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 get to the next level with, uh, with school, with, with my family, with the relationship, mm -hmm. all this and that. But like, what am I doing to show that I trust God? You know, even though I may not know the answers to this, mm -hmm. um, if I ask God uh, to help uh, that I need rain for my crops, am I, am I preparing my crops for rain? Yeah. Or am I just sitting there like, okay, well, I asked God for it, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, when we ask God, hey, God, can you, I need your help with this, or, but we still stress about it. Are we really tr trusting him still? Yeah. You know? There's this story in Second Kings chapter 3, verse 16. And it talks about one of the kings of Israel seeking direction from God. He calls the prophet, and the prophet tells him this. There's going to be water in the valley tomorrow. You need to go dig some ditches to prepare for that water. And the king's kind of confused, doesn't know what to do. They go down and dig ditches. Sure enough, it rains in that valley. The ditches are there ready for the water. And the enemy that the king was going to be facing, well, the enemy saw those pools of water as pools of blood and turn around and fled. When God asks us to do something, it sometimes doesn't make sense. And following God often doesn't make sense. But there's something in the preparation as we step forward in faith, in the place that doesn't necessarily make sense. That's the place that God needs us to be. And you know, just because you feel called somewhere or you're walking in your faith to get there, it might be too early. Or there's a lesson that you need to work out before you get there. Sometimes it's more important to lean into faith and say, God, what do you have for me here in this moment? How do I have light to take the next step? I would, I would wager or argue that knowing God truly, if we really knew his character uh, and could hear his voice in a real way, then we would make those decisions without thinking almost because it's, it's just so clear that we're in such a close relationship with God and can know his voice so well that we just go and do. In the same way that Hosea obviously knows and hears the voice of God and goes and loves Gomer mm -hmm. without question. Mm -hmm. Like There's nowhere in the book of Hosea that you find that Hosea questioned what God was calling him to do. Mm -hmm. He yeah. simply went and did.
So let me ask you a question that I um that a friend asked me last week as well. Yeah. I want to get your take on this. So okay. in this in this story, I'm sure you've gotten this before, but with Gomer, do you think God let Hosea marry Gomer and stay with her even though she was um committing adultery with him uh for the story's sake? Or was it actually like Hey, if you're married to someone and they're like committing adultery, you still need to love them and you still need to like keep them. So, in other words, is this story a reason for a spouse to stay in a marriage when someone has committed adultery, or are there within biblical grounds the ability for them to commit to a, a divorce? Hmm. I I don't think that this I don't think that this story and the experience of Hosea lends itself to make a blanket statement that someone should stay with someone else because they've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, what, to me, in my mind, what does what does love look like? So if you are in a married relationship with someone and they commit adultery, um, I think it's very situational because uh, I know I know stories of, of people that have sought redemption and have come back together and have stronger marriages afterwards and like, praise the Lord, that worked out for you. But that takes a special connection of both people to God Mm. in a very real way. And on the flip side of that, I know of experiences where someone's committed adultery and like they needed to to separate. Like that was not going to be a healthy relationship going forward. And so I believe in the premise that yes, this is a story that means that we've got to show love no matter what somebody else does to us. But what does that look like? And I don't think love says... I, I think love says exhaust all means that you have for redemption. Mm-hmm. But if that is not going to be a possibility, then quit banging your head against the stone wall. Push think, back on me. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think that, yeah, I definitely wouldn't use this as a blanket statement. I think that there are so many situations, especially today, where, you know, it does, it does require a special connection to God on, on, both fronts and I say this not with you know a bunch of experience but you know I just observing people around me and relationships around me I think that yeah we can't we can't make a blanket statement I yeah I I mean I agree with you too um I had a hard time answering the question too because it was a good one mm-hmm. uh, but it is a good it question. Made, yeah it made me think yeah. but I, I definitely believe that this was a lesson that God was trying to show to us of how we should love others for sure. Mm-hmm. No matter, despite what they do, we need to love them. And it, was, and it was demonstrating, hey, this is how I love you all as well. When will we have the kind of faith that Hosea had in God? I don't know. I think when we come to a spot where we believe that God loves us, we believe that God loves other people no matter what. That's a space of power but not one that we use out of turn. A place of knowing who God is. Because when we see what love does, we can know who God is. It's not always going to be easy. The road is filled with potholes, ups and downs, and, and lefts and rights. But when our faith in God deepens, that connection between us and Him strengthens, it's then we can truly know who love is. I guess one of the most striking things about Hosea, which I c- 
confess I've never done like a full in-depth study of Hosea. So I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to read it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is my first time through too. But, you know, I always knew the story of Hosea had to marry Gomer and then the connections between that and God and the nation of Israel. And it's just when I started learning about it more and reading more about it, I felt like Hosea had such a strong connection. I mean, he's going through this personal situation in his life and it's, I feel like he can really understand. I, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's, it's very personal for him. I feel, and I, mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, I don't exactly know how to put it into words, but I mean, to have this, he's dealing with the situation of he's married this woman. They have children together now and she still keeps going away. And it's, it's the exact situation of Israel. And I don't know, it's just so powerful to me. And I can feel like the pain, like of understanding, I guess, in that we have this situation that we can kind of picture. We can't really necessarily picture the nation of Israel running away and that sort of thing. But when we have this personal thing that we can draw personal human connections to of, mm -hmm. you know, being with someone and they always run away, like I can feel that pain sort of, and it becomes more real. And, you know, we know Gomer and the nation of Israel were not going off. You know, we talk about having a free pass. Well, they're hurting themselves in doing this and still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know, but it, it, it was just very striking and powerful to me. And I could feel, I don't know. It just felt very personal, I mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and that you, you bring up a, a point that Hosea makes in uh, chapter four, verse six, um, my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge of God, right? And so this mm -hmm. idolatry that they're committing, the adultery that they're committing is destroying them, you know? And the premise perhaps on, oh, you get a free pass to do whatever you want, assumes that doing whatever you want is better than... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Right. And it's not. You ultimately, like you mentioned, Emily, you're you're hurting yourself mm -hmm. at the end of the day when you turn turn away from God to these these other things. And I also, another point I want to make was um, I feel like it's a cycle as well with um, with how God is demonstrating uh, his love towards his people. Mm -hmm. um, I think he wanted to show the Israelites and even us today, like we're, we can't love others unless we understand how much God loves us, mm. you know. And, and no matter how many times we mess up, mess up seeing that, man, God really, he loves me. And because he loves me this much, I'm able then to demonstrate that love towards someone else, mm -hmm. you know, the people next to us. Because how can we really show love? I think you said this in your sermon, but how can we show love to someone else if we don't understand what love is? Mm -hmm. How can we show it towards others when we haven't been shown love? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of and us as people, you know, we love to be loved. You know, everybody's looking for love. And when we're able to experience that love, we're able to give it to, every, to people around us. And I feel like that's why... Uh, God used this uh, scenario with him, with uh, with Hosea and Gomer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. If we truly knew who God is, that would change how we treat ourselves, how we view God, and how we treat other people. When we come into that close proximity of love, hmm. that transforms our view of it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Loving ourselves. I didn't even think about that. When we see how much God loves us, we want to love ourselves more, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. I don't think we love ourselves enough. And if we don't love ourselves, can't show it to others either. 
Yeah. You know, so I, I never even thought about that. So yeah. that's that's definitely another aspect of it I haven't thought of before. And it's like, I I'm really the only one like, like on you know a generalization. I'm the only one that knows how imperfect I am and what I struggle with on the deep level. Mm-hmm. And you know that kind of you know I beat myself up about, up about it sometimes. But then I you know remember how much God loves me, and it's kind of like this cycle of I know He loves me. Therefore, I can love myself and realize that I'm working to improve myself. But then beyond that, once I start loving myself, then like Kyle said, I can show that love to others. And so I think it's just kind of like this step-by-step process of beginning with knowing and loving God, the rest kind of helps fall into place. I love the insights that Emily and Kyle brought to this conversation. It was awesome to see them wrestle with and grapple with faith and love as depicted Thanks for joining in on this episode of Elevate Retake. You know, you can always find us in your podcast feed every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you haven't listened to everything, I encourage you to go back, find an episode you haven't listened to and give it a try. And we want to hear from you. Maybe there's a thought or a question that you have from this conversation. Share that with a neighbor, share that with a friend. You can share it with us. This is Elevate TX on Instagram or at Elevate Retake. And you can be a part of this conversation. So until next time, thanks for joining.